0: Welcome to another edition of Highland Football Weekly with Ian Old. Now, we're in lockdown at the UK as we record this. It's been a turbulent couple of weeks, um, ad- adhering to Boris Johnson's social distancing guidelines. We have to be two metres apart whenever we go out or um, we're in kind of social situation. But uh, for this week's episode, we are over 7 million metres away from our guest. We're over in the, the States. To El Paso, and please welcome Nick Ross. How are you going on, Nick?
1: Yeah, not bad. How's yourself?
0: I'm very well. I'm very. We're in lockdown here, but uh, we're surviving. How are things across across the pond? Uh,
1: similar, but not as crazy. So we're yeah, we're allowed out now and then, and just as long as you're not in groups of so like more than ten people and all that. But oh, jeez Yeah, it's, it's crazy times. Crazy times, and we're not training, and we don't have any games, so very
0: bored, but I think everyone's on the same boat, so we've just got to see it out. Yeah, I think um, the last um, episode that we recorded uh, with uh, Stephen Mackay was actually on the day that, that Scottish football came to a close, um, and we didn't really know at that point what impact it would have you know, going forward. Uh, what's the impact been like on, on your season? You're over there with uh, Locomotive El Paso. You only just started your season. You're a... What, one game into it And already you're in, you're in lockdown Shut down.
1: Yeah, we played our first game Away in California In Orange County And yeah We were supposed to have Our first home game And then Rumours started spreading With the, the virus And it started getting serious And yeah The MLS got shut down For 30 days minimum And then within Yeah, five ten 10 minutes We were the same It got extended again For another 8 weeks So Yeah, no training until at least the 5th of April and then take it from there. But I think it's only going to get worse before it gets better. So who knows when we'll be back. But the plan at the moment is to play every game of the season and see where it takes us. But I think we'll have to cram it all in in a few months, which will be interesting. But yeah, it should be good. And hopefully we can get back and the season isn't void or anything like that because nobody wants that.
0: Now, I don't know how um you're... your lockdown self-isolation is going But mine's going to consist of Maybe once or twice a week I'll maybe do a Joe Wicks workout Or attempt a Joe Wicks workout nice. But I'm assuming as a, a professional footballer you've, um, You'll have have a tailored uh, Fitness plan because you're not training Obviously so you'll still have to you still have to Keep active Do you know what I
1: actually did one of his workouts really? Last week uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, My brother was telling me He does them at home and you told me to do a few of them So I did one It's quite tough actually
0: so, Well yeah, aye I can, I, can, yeah. I can vouch for that It's very tough
1: <laughs> Yeah It's quite things. Uh, yeah we've got Not a full programme But we've got Two days a week We go to a running track We've got individual slots that we go To the track And then a coach stands Like Very far away Just watching us To make sure that we do it all And like They can't obviously come Within what's it, six feet or something like that? Two two metres yeah, like that. Yeah. So they have to stay away, they just watch to make sure we do it all and then off we go. Next person comes in, so we're doing that twice a week at the moment and yeah, it's not the same as training so hopefully this will all be blown over and we can get back training but for now that's all we can do.
0: For guys that are in um, well the UK and, and European leagues, they'll be in a I suppose when football does eventually start, hopefully, you know it, it does. I mean, I know there's there's more important things than, than football, uh, but for the purposes of this podcast, we're ta- we're talking about football. But when footballers do get back into some sort of normality, there will have to be a kind of, I'm assuming, a couple of weeks uh, grace for for guys to get back up to speed, get the fitness back. You know, the you know, uh, maybe play a bounce, couple of bounce games. But for you, you're in a kind of weird situation because you've just had a pre-season and now that you've had a game you'll effectively go down and you'll maybe have a, a kind of second pre-season if you like so it's a kind of really weird situation
1: Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that <laughs> So, yeah, we've got to do that again So pre-season was tough as well We did um, three beep tests over pre-season Usually you just do one just to see how you are on the first yeah. day We did three So just got through all that double sessions, everything Played quite a lot of games played like six or seven games pre-season and then finally got through all that and now we're back to probably pre-season again yeah so we're trying to keep fit over this period but once we do go back training I think we're allowed two to three
2: weeks of basically a pre-season before the league will start again yep and
1: yeah hopefully it's not as bad as it was before but (laughs) uh, yeah that's the plan Um, but then if for some reason we get tested and one of our boys has it or like I have it or someone we can't train for two weeks. We've got to oh, be in okay. quarantine for two weeks. So you could get through all this and then somebody picks it up randomly and we're back inside for two weeks. So yeah, uh, it's not ideal, but.
0: I think we'll just need to take it each, uh, it each day and week as it comes, you know?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's the best way to do it. And it sounds like you're doing all right inside self isolation. So
0: Trying to. Trying it's, to. It's. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> to get to that
0: level Disney, Disney Plus was bought today to try and uh, help out with uh, the kids so we're, we're getting there we're getting there we're getting there um, in terms of from a personal point of view as well I mean this probably doesn't just apply for the lockdown the coronavirus um, experience that we're all going through but you're obviously in the States there as, w- as well you have been for the last uh, year and a bit um, we're recording this via the the wonders of FaceTime I'm assuming that that's uh, become a bit of a, a staple in your uh, in your week, you know, catching up with family back here It's obviously I have a tough time for you at the moment Because you're away from your family during this kind of uh, crisis But, uh, you know, how, how are you coping with uh, living uh, over in uh, the States?
1: Yeah, I do use FaceTime a lot I um, speak to mum and dad a couple of times a week And try to FaceTime my brother it's him and his wife just had a kid recently So I try to follow what's going on with him I speak to my mates as well, so yeah. So helpful having that. If I didn't have that kind of technology then yeah it would be it would be tough but um I'm enjoying it over here, it's it's what I want to do. I always wanted to play abroad and I had a good good spell in Scotland playing that set me up for a half decent career and then yeah, I just want to try something abroad. America's always I think America interests everyone. yep I Just want to give give it a try and see what it's like and wasn't easy getting here but now that I'm here I'm really enjoying it and i was looking forward to the start of the season but that's been suspended so yeah it's um, it's going well it's still growing a bit here it's not as big as it was as it is in the UK and places in Europe so it's slowly getting better but yeah I'm enjoying it and we'll see how it goes this year
0: Well we'll come back to um, America uh, towards the end because um, we'll look back over your, your well not over your career because your career is still going but your career obviously started here in Inverness it's gone to uh, Dundee Romania uh, and then to America uh, but we'll start with uh, Inverness you're obviously a Inverness lad born and bred started out at, at Cali Thistle how was that for you because you, you you worked wonders you know getting up through the youth system to then representing your, your hometown how was that for you?
1: Yeah it's obviously special for me playing to my hometown it was something I always wanted to do from a very young age play football I didn't have any interest in getting a real job so <laughs> I just wanted to play football as much as I could and I used to go to a lot of Cali games watching like the, the glory days like going up into the Premier League and stuff like that so yeah I used to watch that a lot and always dreamt that one day I would, I would play there and I played through all the youth teams went full-time when I was 16 and then that year, the end of that year, the club got relegated which, in a selfish way for me, was the best thing that happened because I went straight into the first team. Me and Shanae went in because we'd signed two-year contracts for the 19s. So, yeah, we still had another year and they kept us on basically to do the jobs. We had like four or five of us. Just like cleaning the stadium, me and Shinny were the kit men for a year. <laughs> we just we just controlled all that with the help of uh, Kel as well. So yeah, it was that was probably the best thing that happened. As we went straight in The first team, Terry Butcher had us straight in training, and then yeah, just kind of took off from there.
0: Can you remember um, Terry Butcher when he when he announces that you're part of that first team? <coughs> Pardon me.
1: Um. No, it was kind of strange we didn't know what would happen with the club being relegated and a lot of staff left, a lot of, like all our team and under-19s left. It was just me, Shinny and like, three or four other boys and a few boys got promoted into the first team already, so I don't remember the actual moment it happened, it just, we came back for pre-season and they said, right, we're all going to do this together because we can't have a 19s because we can't afford it basically, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just got thrown straight in, and luckily for me, I did I did really well in the pre season and uh, played a lot of games. Playing with the first team improved me a lot, so um, yeah, I managed to play a lot of games, and then when the league started, I managed to feature now and then.
0: You say they're thrown in at the deep end, but you, you learned to swim pretty quickly. You made your debut. Against Montrose uh, At the very start of that season In the in the Challenge Cup It was a one all draw Kalitha, So or one out on penalties um, I think If memory serves me right I think Graham Shinney also played that day as well um, Could you believe that you As a teenager You are obviously you, you make the move into the Or classed as part of the first team During that pre-season Could you believe that your debut comes so quickly?
1: I was doing well in pre-season So I could see it happening Because I played a few, like as you do at Cali, you play the Highland League teams first just to sort of get going and then you play more like teams around you and, and the leagues below you and stuff so um, yeah I would played a few Highland League teams and done really well and then I can't, we played Breakin away in a friendly I basically playing with the first team then and I scored two then we played again, I think it was Wraith we played Mm-hmm. I played really well again and then I remember a few of the boys saying to me like oh you'll, you'll start the next game I was thinking nah like, I'm doing well but he's not going to throw me in I'm only 17 and there's just, like some good players in the first team he's not going to do that but then yeah it came around to it um, I don't remember actually getting told I was going to play I just I can't remember much about that game it was just a bit of a buzz really of playing the first game playing it at home I think when you're that age as well it's you just sort of take everything in your stride, like it doesn't,
0: yeah, no fear. It's
1: not a big, yeah, it's not a big deal. You're playing like it felt like a kind of pre-season game because it was, it wasn't like a big game. It was just it was a cup game. Is it the Challenge Cup? Or something
2: Challenge like Cup, was? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it was against Montrose, and there wasn't many people at the game, and <laughs> yeah, just it was easy to kind of adapt to that. And the first team boys helped me out a lot as well. Just kind of talked me through it and. Yeah, went to extra time <laughs> and then penalties. So it was a bit of a drag in the end, but yeah, it was good to make my debut, and I think well, that's one of the moments I always look back on, and that's one of my best moments in my career so far.
0: It was interesting when you said there uh, earlier on that you um, you attended Cali games um, through the you know the days of the the side reaching the the top flight. Um, I'd imagine that the likes of uh, Grant Monroe, Ross Tokley, Roy McBain. Russell Duncan, you know these guys. You will have watched, and now you're going into a dressing room with these guys. How were they? How were they for you?
1: Yeah, they were all great. That was strange, because I wasn't actually in the changing room with them. I was still in like the youth changing room down the corridor, and like, yeah, I was just along the corridor. So I go in and do jobs or whatever, and still see them every day. But yeah, it was strange, kind of intimidating as well, because you watch these players growing up and see the careers they've had, and like something like Grandma Noah's who'd been there for so long and like everybody at the time was looking up to him and Tokly and Dennis Wynos I used to love watching him mm-hmm. but obviously he wasn't there at the time when I went to the first team but you watch all these players growing up and then to be trained with them every day and just speaking to them I was like this is quite surreal actually but no they were all great they all they all helped me to kind of adapt and just sort of treated as like we were first team anyway, so there was no like kind of period for we had to settle in and get to know everyone. It was just like straight away, you're in the first team, you'll get treated like that. So, no, it was good that they all helped us adapt and they did like teach us a lot of things during the season.
0: No, uh, no special advice um, from any of them, uh, considering the fact that you know no. the, you're a local I can't lad remember, as well.
1: Cut my birdies. Specific advice. I remember, at the time, uh, the manager of Terry Butcher was quite protective over me and Shinny, so we weren't allowed to do press. We weren't allowed to go to events or anything like that. Where we would do interviews or anything. So yeah, we're kind of in our own little bubble. Like, we didn't. It just felt like normal training and we'd get to play with all these players, which are going to improve us. And no, there was no real, no real advice. Like Granty, it was just. As he is Just normal Just chatting away As if Yeah I was on the first team And Didn't treat it any different And Big talks was the same He was quite hard at us sometimes But I think You need that now and then To Kind of mature you a bit
0: mm-hmm. That season uh, <clears throat> That season was a bit of a Well it was an incredible season The The club eventually won the title um, Dundee one of your other former clubs were... Well, in November time, they beat Cali Thistle in the Challenge Cup final. And they looked like they were going to clinch the league title in style. They'd been spending biggish, you know, relatively good money. Um, Lee Griffiths was leading the line. Gary Harkins. There was, you know, a couple of big names there. but Cali Thistle eventually won the title uh, and, and got up at the first time of asking. That season, being involved you know you're straight into the first team part of the first team set up what a season to be involved in what are your memories of that season
1: yeah it was some introduction to first team football anyway we had a really good team then I think we'd kept quite a few boys from when we were in the Premier League and then we'd signed like I think that was Johnny Hayes's first year Yep. Adam Rooney maybe might have been there before like Lee Cox people like that who came in and like a mainstay in the team and yeah we just I remember the start of the season was quite slow and we didn't we didn't really play well for a long time it took us a while to adjust to kind of being in dropping down a division and uh, yeah we hit a point where I don't know who it was we beat but then we just didn't lose for I think it was like 24, 25 games we went unbeaten
0: yep and I just uh... I remember the game well. I think that was a, it was the game It was I think you beat you got beat by Dundee then we went to Paddock Thistle away and lost. Ross Tuckley scored early on Park Thistle 1-2 1 and I remember it well because Terry Butcher was livid after the game and I mean livid he was furious. <laughs> well, you will know That's
2: normal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then the the um the game after that was at Queen of the South and it was 1-1. Callie Thistle drew late on. If memory serves me right, I think Richie Foran got sent off. I think Russell Duncan got sent off, and I think Terry Bucci got sent to the, the stands. And it was another one of them. I was like, "Geez, oh, this is this is incredible." And then from that moment, it, Callie just went on this incredible run. Um, there was a game, I think February March that year against Morton at home midweek. You scored the only goal, so you're a match winner early on in your career as well. And that there was that was a game that. That counted towards I think at the time Dundee were just about there And it, it, it created a gap at the time That I mean that was a big game That night Scoring the match winner That must have been a real highlight You know early on in your career Yeah
1: definitely Even just playing that game Was a big highlight for me Like I'd been Most of the season Just travelling around With the boys I think at that time Shinny had gone on loan to I think it was Forest so, It was yeah It was just it was just kind of me and, and the squad of the first team and yeah I was traveling everywhere like we remember going to Queen the South away, staying over in a hotel, coming to the game and then I wasn't even on the bench so <laughs> yeah it was a lot it was a lot of traveling like that just felt like just like a traveling kit man just going to each game and putting the kit out and doing all the jobs like that so yeah that's part of, part of learning as well That's. Show like how much you kind of want to be in the first team and don't have to do these kind of things. So yeah, that was tough. But then yeah, that game. I think Richie was suspended, so I just, I just got thrown in, We're in the number nine as well. Big man up top, and just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit of a scrappy game. I remember it was a really bad game, and then we had one breakaway. Adam Rooney, me and him just kind of broke at the same time. It was two v one. He shot, which I knew he would have done. But then it came like it came to me and I put in, put in the rebound. and Yeah, that was an amazing point in that season and in my career as well. And I don't want to take credit for the turnaround in that season, but it might have been that game. I don't know. It might have been that game. That <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It was. We'll see. It was. Yeah, I thought you were hinting at that, so I thought I'd
0: say Ah, well, Go for it. Go uh, yeah,
1: for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, after that we we kept going and that kept
0: us on the good run and yeah eventually called Dundee back and took over them there's that um, you're probably the first guest on the podcast that I can that I can uh, talk about this game with um, I'm hoping anyway that you are um, involved in the squad are you United away? yes yes I was uh, yeah I was
1: in the stand that game another time I travelled
0: because uh, Gavin Morrison scored that day I remember Gavin Morrison scored so yeah, I wasn't I too
1: sure. I think that was his first game.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. He, because him and Shane Sutherland they were in the first team as well, so they were kind of similar to me. We maybe travel and didn't play, or they'd be on the bench and didn't play. And then I don't know why he just he put in for that game, and then we knew that we had to win that game. Yeah, basically to win the league. So I was in the stand with I think it was Lionel Jabyzadi.
0: Lionel um, Zadi what a blast yeah, in the past.
1: Um. Robert Eagle I think it
0: was us three yep. no, Rob- Yeah No Robert Eagle Robert Eagle actually scored that day Oh
1: did he so Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Stratford then
0: Probably Stratford yeah. It was a kind of random yes. game Because Earlier on I mean uh, Johnny Hayes Adam Rooney and Richie Forham Were just Incredible oh, were that
1: day
0: enough, They just Tore them apart Incredible Yeah And then s- towards
1: so the end game was Amazing I've never seen yeah, a away Especially that far in the air as well it was mm-hmm. amazing and then yeah I was delighted for Gav to score as well because I we could for him so I think when he scored it, it just all went all kicked off then all the fans ran on the pitch and yeah Terry Morris were loving it on the side as well
0: it was a it and was a crazy after the game with Terry they, in the stand
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. inside we didn't know
0: this was going on because um, the fans run on and then they, they kind of took everyone back inside and the f- oh, well, obviously, you know Cali Thistle fans are listening. Some of of whom will have been on the pitch, they'll know, and they all kind of gathered around the the tunnel at Somerset Park, and we were at the I was at the back of the the stand at Somerset Park, and it was like right, I need to go and speak to Terry after the game. I, you know, I'm, how, what's going on here? And I was making my way down, and there was a bit of commotion, and Terry just appeared on the balcony or the kind of middle tier. I don't know if you can hear. Can you hear that in the background? Can you hear anything? Well, I
1: can hear a shout,
0: yeah. yeah, so that's pretty cool. We're, we're recording this at the moment, and it, it's 8 o'clock uh, UK time, and there's a minute's applause uh, for our NHS workers and our key workers right. involved uh, in the corona fight back. So that's uh, pretty cool. Hopefully the audio comes nice. through from that. Uh, I feel pretty guilty, actually, sat here. But we obviously, uh, we obviously thank our NHS workers for uh, the tremendous work that they, they do. But that air that air day was was pretty incredible, and Terry Butcher came out and did a kind of big speech to the to the, the supporters were there that basically said to them, "Come back." And I was hanging on the the kind of middle tier at Somerset Park, you know, trying to you know get the the audio from it. But a brilliant day. I'm I'm assuming uh, that it was a an even better journey back up from air to Inverness.
1: Yeah. From what I remember It's hard because A lot of the nights out Kind of blend into one <laughs> But I think This was the one So we're on the bus Yeah It was just basically Just drinking the whole way up We stopped at um, Oxford Like we usually did For a chippy And then we went to a pub Had a few drinks there And then straight back on the bus I'm pretty sure the bus Dropped us off in town and it's a strip club now, but I can't remember what it was called at
0: the time. <laughs> Oh, the one in the Academy Street? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, going to annoy
1: me. I can't remember what it was called. But, yeah, we went there all in our tracksuits. Hush. And just, I think. No. Hush. It might have been Hush at the time, Yeah. You know? It's aye, perhaps, changed a few aye. times. Aye. But, yeah, we went in there and, in our tracksuits. And there was, like, a few of the boys' wives and girlfriends and that had turned up there as well. So, yeah, the last thing I remember is Roy McBain dancing he had a tie around his head or something like that he was just dancing on the dance floor by himself
2: was this
0: <laughs> when it was a strip club or his... not a strip club <laughs> it might have been
1: that might have been the idea that started it seeing Roy dancing like
0: that the week after the Cali Thistle get the get the, the first division title and um, I, I remember being kind of just at the, the edge of the pitch as, as Terry I mean Terry was Terry was fantastic that day because he kind of orchestrated everything you know he kind of Pulled everything together he, he was the kind of normally when when teams have uh, presentations you know like that for title presentations normally there's a there's a, a an announcer or you know someone to kind of to conduct uh, matters but Terry did it Terry just grabbed the microphone went out and did it and called every player out by uh, yeah, <laughs> by himself you obviously get called out you're on the pitch um, you're part of that kind of you know lifting the the, the title um, again you know it's quite incredible That's your first season And it ends With you in the pitch Lifting the first division trophy
1: Yeah I don't know if you remember that game But I missed a big chance The um, second half Adam Rooney really like Cut it back He hit it so hard And I just stuck a leg out But I think I was like A yard out and I put it over the bar And then I was getting so much stick After the game From all the boys And then We're all in the tunnel Waiting for uh, The manager to Call us out one by one and it was my turn. I was like, well, "Here we go!" Like, what's he gonna say about me? Like, he's loved me all year. What's he gonna say now? And he was like, "Yeah, next up is like a local boy. Uh, he missed a sitter over there and started laughing. <laughs> he was like, and then he shouted me out, and I just came out like shaking my head. Like, I thought he was gonna get, build me up loads, and then he's just killed me, saying that like, <laughs> I missed a big chance, and I'll never forget it. You, he, he loved all that, didn't he? He loved, mm-hmm. loved well, controlling all that things, but. Yeah, it was amazing. Reason to get a medal as well. He made sure that uh, I got a medal. I think he made he made sure like Gav Morrison, Shane Southern got a medal as well. Everyone that was involved. Brilliant. I think Shani might have got one as well. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, he made sure we all we all got one and we all felt involved. And yeah, going after that, going into the next season, I was thinking like we're going to go up and we're going to sign a lot of new players. And wasn't sure what was going to happen to me, but just so happy at the time that. Like, the club's
0: back in the Premier League where it belongs. Um, I'm not sure if it was the, your first season or perhaps the second season, but there was there was kind of talk of you going out on loan as well. You mentioned Graham Shinny went to Forest. There was talk of you going out on loan, but but that never materialised. And I think you know, like you were saying there, Terry, you know, Terry obviously you know saw something in you and and, and wanted you part of that kind of first team setup.
1: Yeah, that was round about the time Shinny went out. Um, never really got to a point where we had a conversation about it. it was just. I think he'd been asked in the press like if I was going to go out long because Sheena had gone out. But he wanted to keep me around because I was doing well. And then, yeah, I just got involved a lot with the first team then and he saw something in me that he really liked. So, yeah, I got a lot to owe to him for sticking by me and giving me opportunities when so I did.
0: You go up to the, like you say, they're back in the, the top flight where the, the club belong. Um, again, you know, you've you followed it from a supporter in the stands watching the club get there to get back into the top flight and then play top flight football as well. What did that mean to you playing um, at the very top level in this country?
1: It was just it was surreal at the time. Playing against boys that you'd watch on TV at the weekends or playing in stadiums that you know so much about. Like Not in, a, in an Oregon way, but when we were in the first division at the time, I don't know anything about the other teams because, like, they're not on TV, and we would get match reports of the team we were going to play the next week, and I would have to look at it and try to remember the boys' names and formations and stuff like that because I didn't know anything about them. And then you go into the Premier League, and our first game was Celtic at home,
2: That's right?
1: <laughs> and we get the match reports, and it's like Scott Brown, like Samaras, like all these boys, in your life. Don't need to tell me about these, I know they, <laughs> I know exactly who these guys are, so that was kind of strange seeing like just going into that environment where there's yeah, you've got Celtic and you've got all their fans and then Rangers at the time as well and yeah, it was quite surreal, but I loved it. First game I got thrown in against Celtic, and we were unlucky, we got beat one 0 that game and then mm-hmm. the next game we played I think it was Dundee Night of the way. Yeah, it was I four 0 Three or four 0 yeah. Yep. Just after that, yeah, I just felt like at first you don't know if you play to that level. Or you don't know until you try it. And after that game, I thought, yeah, I feel like I belong here, and I think I've done well the first two games. So hopefully, I can get a good run. And then ended up playing, yeah, like almost every game that like, year.
0: Yeah, you were he- yeah. You were heavily involved. Um, I think that this the the club were very unlucky to I think miss out on the. Uh, on the top six. I think the 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 the, the you finished bottom six but you annihilated everyone in that, that post split and, and finished I think with more points than, oh, than yeah, sixth yeah. place. One of those oh, kind yeah. of weird weird seasons. Um the, the the first season that you go up it's a bit of a cliche but you know as a as a reporter when, when someone new comes to the, the Cali thistle, probably from down south, like there there did there was an influx of players, you know. The couple of seasons later, you you talk to players about, oh, where are you looking forward to Celtic Park, Ibrox, all that kind of thing. Is that is a you know? When you were saying there, you're you're fully aware of the of the top flight when you're going up to the top flight. Where Where are you most looking forward to playing uh, away from home? Um, well, growing up, I
1: actually, supported Rangers as well. So, yeah, I really wanted to play Ibrox, and um, I'd been. think i'd been to parkhead before but not i was actually supposed to go to the the game when cali beat Celtic 3-1 the famous game okay i was was supposed to go to that game but it got called off and then it was on a school night so i couldn't go so i really wanted to go and play there because that was where that famous night happened and yeah they didn't disappoint they're amazing places to play it's so loud the atmosphere is yeah it's just incredible so I mainly mean, looked at those two, but then you, When you play the other teams, like I love playing at Hearts, the fans are so close to the pitch, and you can hear everything. It just feels like, <laughs> yeah, just a proper game. And then like, Easter Road as well—that was really nice. And it was just all kind of new to me as well. Like, I'd seen them on TV, and to be there was a bit strange, but definitely the old firm I'd looked at, and thought, if I get a chance to play there, like it'd just be an amazing opportunity, and hope we don't get beat because all of my youth games from like under under twelves going up, whenever we played the old firm it was just five nil, six nil, seven 0 So when I got to the first team I'm like, please don't let that happen again. But luckily we got quite a few good results against the big teams which yep. Yep. helped as well.
0: I mean that there was a over that couple of couple of years, couple of seasons, you know, Kali Thistle would would often go to um, Celtic Park they well I know this is forward on a couple of years but they they won there they drew there um, Rangers they, they caused Rangers endless amounts of problems at Ibrox Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was yourself or was it Graham Shinney I remember t- when you mentioned Tynecastle there I'm pretty sure I-, I think it might be Graham I remember him I remember it was one of you definitely I asked you a question years ago about you know playing at Tynecastle. I'm sure that um, I'm sure it was Graham Shining now, but he, he got called a skeleton. But I, I wasn't sure oh, if it was, that was me. Oh, was it you? Was it you? Okay, yeah, right, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Tinker so you can hear everything. And yeah, there was a break in the play. I think I went out to. The went out, and I went to get it for throwing. And yeah, a guy. He called me Skeletor. And I didn't know what that was at the time. <laughs> and then they all just started chanting
0: it, yeah. So you went and Googled it after the game and found out. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, right, okay. Basically, yeah.
1: <laughs> excuse <Basically>, a <laughs> but they've had some good shouts over the years
0: when the when the club got up to the top flight there was one season where um there was a wee bit of it was a bit a bit of a tricky season shall we say the club kind of they, they don't flirt with relegation but they it's not a great season put it that way um season uh sorry 12 uh 12 13. The club sign a lot of players in the summer and then things kick on and it's a really good season. You manage to clinch top six. We've mentioned him already there, uh, Terry Butcher. What was Terry Butcher like for you? What was what was your relationship like with Terry?
1: Um, yeah, he's an intimidating guy so he's not someone you would like to challenge in an argument or anything like that but he had, he had a respect because of his career that he had and his stature in the game. So... Yeah, I have a lot of respect for him, and he, like I said, he took me when I was younger and put me straight in the first team. So I owe him a lot for doing that. But he was, yeah, a scary guy at times. A lot of times, actually, he was he'd just lose his head. Like unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Screaming and he'd be sweating and just right in boys' faces, just like spitting on him because he was screaming so much. And then some games, you'd go in thinking, right, he's gonna tear us apart you know then he'd be quiet he'd just say a few words and off he went and then Mo would kick off so he would just start doing the same thing so he would just go on like start slating boys and yeah it's just the two of them were pretty old school but a good experience to sort of be coached by them and see see maybe the older kind of generation how that was because yeah they were so tough pre-seasons there was just constant running for two weeks probably I remember like Mo would take the running so he'd come out just with a whistle we'd all just be in running shoes (laughs) and then Terry would come out with a deck chair and we'd be uh, sometimes Charleston or Fort George and he would just sit on his deck chair in the middle of the pitch and just laugh at us running around (laughs) it was was crazy and then yeah Mo's running would be so hard and then we wouldn't see a ball for first two weeks and then it did help us because we were probably one of the fittest teams in the league teams hated playing us because we just wouldn't give up and especially coming to play in Inverness as well teams hated that so I think that worked really well for us being that fit and having that momentum as well of getting promoted as well but yeah overall I really really enjoyed playing under Terry and um, yeah it was a shame that he had to leave when he did but that's football in
2: the end So it
0: happens Yep, Terry leaves in the, Towards the end of 2013 um, John Hughes comes in Which brings us Really up to Nicely up to scratch To Start of 2014 um, A game that Cali Thistle fans Will, will, will never forget and I'm sure you'll be Exactly the same as well League um, up Semi-final We've talked to uh, Rod Straper And Carl Tremarco uh, About it um, Ross Draper scored the penalty that, that kind of sealed the win but we have to speak about this one because you're the man that uh, ultimately sent it into extra time and penalties um, 2-2 I mean most folk will be familiar with the game it's an incredible game, Cali Thistle are down to, to nine men uh, Hearts who trailed 1-0 are uh, leading 2-1, look like they're going to get the Double over Cali Thistle because they beat them in the League Cup semi-final at the same stage the year before. John Hughes calls you from the bench. Three minutes to go. What's your What's your thoughts going on to this? Going on to, to the pitch into this game?
1: Well, he said to me... I'm pretty sure he said to me, go on and get a goal. And I was thinking, I just want to get a touch. Like, I'm going to go on for two, three minutes. And I just, like at the time... Before that game... It's probably one of the lowest points in my career because I thought I was going to play. I really thought I was going to start. And the year before, was it the year before or two years before? The year before, we yeah. Played, yeah, we played hearts in the exact same situation. So and I was on the bench, didn't get on then. So then it came this year, and I thought I was playing well. I played a few games before, and I was doing well. And then yeah, and the way that Yogi did it was he would announce the team that was starting. And you wouldn't say the bench until you got to the stadium and saw if your kit was hanging up or not. So I knew I wasn't starting and I was like, I don't even think I'm going to be on the bench here. You he never knew what you was going to do so luckily I got to the stadium and my shirt was hanging up so I knew I was going to be on the bench but yeah that was tough to deal with all that because I had a lot of friends and family at the game and I felt bad that they'd come to see me and I wasn't wasn't starting so I went on for that 2-3 minutes. I thought, just get a few touches if I can. And I'm sure a lot of people thought the game was over by that point. So, and Especially when I just come on. I think I had got it on the left. I put in a really bad cross. and it got cleared. And then Josh just wiped out the boy, And we're down to nine men. I thought, that was like one of my first few touches. And then that's happened. So I think, I think it might be game over now. But then they kind of sat back a lot. Might us attack them, so luckily you managed to get get that
0: opportunity for the goal. Well, you say there you just hope to get two, or three touches. You got two, or three touches inside the box, and we've we've talked about this already with previous guests. But the the goal, it's in it's almost in slow motion in my head. I can see it. I was in the the main stand, Easter Road, um, and you know you just kind of the, the ball kind of bobbles all about. I mean, you know, you, you've got under control. You know what you're doing. And you beat Jamie McDonald. Talk to us about the, the feelings that are going through your head uh, Once you know that ball hits the back of the net uh, Callie Thistle fans behind that goal You know you've you've levelled it at two apiece Well
1: I'm glad it looked like I knew what I was doing Because I didn't I just stuck a leg out Took a good touch And then I just Fenders falling over in front of me I just swung and I went in I don't know how it went in still But yeah it was just crazy, like the noise from the way support was incredible and it's kind of a blur all that just running off and celebrating and I remember just seeing bodies just falling down like rows of seats it was just like arms, legs everywhere just carnage and then yeah it was just one of those things you don't plan for so I can't remember how I celebrated, I know I ran off but <laughs> I didn't know what I did, it was just yeah you don't plan for that at all and I spoke to a lot of people who were at the game and for them it was one of the the best moments they've seen in football which makes me pretty proud that I could have given them that moment and certainly for me uh, Cali that was probably my one of my best moments.
0: Well I was just going to say that as a as a as a footballer I mean you obviously you know you, you when you have a career in football you're obviously trying to be as as, as successful as you can. A lot of players leave a legacy. Um, some fans will always talk about certain players, but I have no shadow of a doubt that, that Cali Thistle fans will still talk about the Nick gross goal. Um, you know, they still talk about it. What was it, two thousand and fourteen? Six years ago, they'll still be talking about it in another six years. You know, it was it was a real kind of um, pivotal moment in the club's history, and you, that must make you proud as well.
1: Yeah, definitely to be. Be a part of that to be in, to written in history is yes, I mean, definitely special and I know we went on to win the Scottish Cup and everything after but I think for me that was yeah the best moment for me at Cali probably that one because yeah just to go on and to score and stay in the game and then the way it ended getting through extra time and penalties was just it was like a fairy tale really in the end so yeah it does make me proud to, to think that fans will remember that for a long time and I still get tagged in it on (laughs) Facebook and Twitter and everything just every once in a while I was like let's look back at this goal again I always watch it because it's just such a good memory to look back on
0: You mentioned there um, the Scottish Cup uh, final that's your last game for the club Um, 2015 your final game for Cali Thistle after six years with the club again um, you're on the bench. Um, disappointment not to be involved from the start. You, you ultimately get on and you play your part. Um, and uh, and and lift the trophy at the end of the day, but disappointed not to not to be involved from the start in that game.
1: Yeah, definitely. That was such a big game. Um, even the the semi final as well. I came on kind of towards the end, and we went into extra time. So I managed to play a decent amount in that game. Um, yeah, obviously going into the final I, I kind of knew I wouldn't start but I just had in my head that just get on the pitch if we're going to win which we all believe we would because we're playing Falkirk and I'm sure they thought the same they could have been playing Celtic but they were playing us so we all, both teams expected to win the game so yeah, I just thought if we're winning make sure I'm on the pitch like get on the pitch and celebrate instead of being on the bench and it's, it's kind of awkward I think that way you're on the bench and you don't play a part in the game and you still got all your warm-up stuff on and it's just a strange situation but I managed to get on for five minutes if that Mm -hmm. and yeah the feeling of being on the pitch at the end was damn special I was so tired in that game I only played five minutes but uh, (laughs) Yogi told me to go warm-up I think it was like 20 minutes to go because Marley was struggling so I went out did you know the usual stretches and all that he kept shouting at me to sprint so I would just do like five or six sprints back and forth back and forth and I would be like breathing really heavy I turn around and he'd be like come on sprint so I just keep sprinting back and forth I felt like I'd played the whole game when I went on because <laughs> I was just I'd done so many sprints and then Russell came over and he was like yeah he wants you to sprint faster I, said, I can't go any faster than that <laughs> so I'm going on like sweating like as if I'd played the whole game so afterwards yeah I was it was like I'd been on the pitch the whole game that relief of the final so yeah it was yeah it was a good good occasion to have like family there as well and we had a really good support that day so to share it with all them was yeah special I think maybe looking back I prefer the semi-final just maybe because I played but just to beat Celtic and the way that that game panned out as well was a bit of a crazy game that one
0: yeah, that was a it. It was a a typical Cali Thistle, you know, performance over the last uh, and result over the last couple of years. Anyway, you know the way that the club always pull it out the back and, and pull it out the bag, sorry, and pull out in style. You know the, the semi final against Hearts that you were involved in. You scored, you know, see very similar scenes against Celtic. You know, it's uh, it's the Cali Thistle way, isn't it? The the yeah, dressing so we're behind
1: we were behind that game a bit. Yeah, we. <laughs> Van Dyke scored the free kick was that right? yep they chilled it to the lead then they got a man sent off and it kind of changed and then I would come on I think it was still 1-1 and I took a bad touch and me and Drapes went into tackle might have been Stokes I can't remember who it was and if he got booked he would have missed the final if we'd got there which we did in the end so he came over to me and he was like take the yellow card for me so then I went over to the ref and I was like ref that was me I'm sorry he was like no it wasn't it was Draper and I was like no 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 it was me I I touched so it was my fault and he looked at me and he looked at Drapes and he was like so you're taking the yellow for him <laughs> I was like yeah yeah I'll take it and then eventually he gave me the yellow and let Drapes off with it so yeah Draper owes me one for that getting Te- him into aye. the final
0: team player team player exactly the, the dressing room After uh, The semi-final And the final the, You know The scenes afterwards I mean it, Being involved With the club at, at that time Was a very Very close knit Good bunch of You know Good bunch of guys You know You You know There's many cliches you can come up with But you you Were a really Really tight group um, And And it showed After the game You know The way that you celebrated Both the semi-final And final But moments That you'll never forget Yeah definitely
1: That That changing room Was Probably the Best I've been in, one of the best anyway. Because yeah, we had a lot of new boys coming up from England, and they had to hang about together because there wasn't much to do in the So yeah, they was hanging about together, and we all around about the same age. There was like a few older ones, but sort of relatively the same age, and just seemed to click. And I don't know if when Terry Butcher signed them that he had thought about that when he was putting it all together, but we all just got on so well. It wasn't, there was no sort of selfishness nothing like that in the team it was just everyone's in it together and we know what we are we're not the best team in the league but no one's going to outwork us no one's going to sort of roll over us so yeah th- those were special days and then, yeah having those big moments and celebrating together was yeah definitely special and especially when we won the cup and I think Drapes talked about Yogi having a drink and it was
0: just yeah, carnage <laughs> as I said earlier on that was your last game for Cali Thistle was it, was it tough to leave the the club that summer?
1: I'd kind of made my mind up before because I wasn't playing as much as I wanted and I was getting to the end of my contract and I thought I didn't want to stay not just at Cali but in Inverness mm-hmm. for my whole life I wanted to get out and try different places so i kind of made my mind up and um yeah, we finished third. We were never gonna beat that. We'd won the cup. We're never gonna. We might do that again, but not for a long time, I think. So I thought, quit wanting on top and see what's out there, and see if I can get another team in Scotland or abroad. Just have a look and see what's there. So yeah, it was it was in my head, and I did get offered a new contract at Cali, but it wasn't a contract that was kind of saying like we really want you to stay. So. Or the way I saw it, it was just oh, it was the right time to leave, so that's what I did, and then I had a yeah, long summer thinking about where
0: to go next. Your next destination was was Dundee. Paul Hartley signed you, and it was quite ironic because, well, Paul Hartley and John Hughes were at one point competing for the the job at, at Cali Thistle. So, you know, Paul Hartley must have seen something from his you know his previous scouting trips at Chen on on the team. Uh, he signed you in that summer, working with Paul Hartley. Um, I'm obviously very biased. Paul Hartley's a hero in my eyes. Uh, sir Paul Hartley, if you don't mind. Um what You've got was posters of him in your room? Oh absolutely, yeah. still still do. Yeah. Uh, my wife is insistent I take him down, but I'm, no, I'm not having it. What was what was it like wor- working uh, what was it like working under um Sir Paul Hartley? Sir Paul Hartley. Yeah,
1: obviously he was a very good player. He had a great career at Hearts, Celtic, uh, like Scotland, the national team saw yeah once I knew I actually knew their interest in like I think it was February or March it was quite early on because they were signing a load of boys on pre-contracts so I knew they were interested then but I wanted to leave it until the end of the season and then I went away on holiday came straight back met him in Glasgow in a hotel and just when he spoke I thought you've seen all the right things the way you want to play the way where he saw me playing in the team and yeah, just after I met him, I thought yeah, it's, it feels right, so I'll go for it. And yeah, the first year went really well. I played pretty much every game that year, and we had a really strong team that year. And yeah, I got on really well with the manager, and we had a decent season. And then things kind of turned after the next year where we weren't doing as well. But overall, uh, yeah, we got on really well together, and I think I kind of repaid him for signing me in the first season anyway.
0: Well a highlight for yourself um, Playing for Dundee You scored the winner In a New Year's Day uh, Dundee Derby And I think with You know it's a bit of a Again a bit of a cliche But Dundee are a They're a big club Um and they and are yeah Dundee and Dundee United I mean they're 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 two kind of Again another cliche Sleeping Giants But Playing for Dundee Full house at Den's Scoring a winner uh, In the Dundee Derby That must have been a Another real highlight for you
1: Yeah that was probably the highlight of my time at Dundee I'd say like all the derbies there's just something special about those games like you can play Cali County and it's just it's not the same and then you hear about other rivalries and you want to see what they're like and yeah going into those games I love the feeling of like we can't lose this if we lose this the fans will probably attack us or something like we, that's how serious it was that like, they just couldn't stand losing so yeah going into those games and like the pressure of those games I loved that and I think some of my best games at Dundee were in the derby is just you have to raise your game and yeah full house for every game it's, the atmosphere was so good and to score as well some goal as well people say it was deflected but I meant that <laughs> I meant that swerve on the ball but yeah I know my, my parents were down for that game as well which made it a bit special so yeah, that's probably the best best one, but you don't realise until you're there, how, like you said, how big those clubs are and the fan base are crazy at times, like so passionate and can be quite brutal as well. If you're not playing well, <laughs> they'll tell you straight away. Like For a long time, they didn't really like me because at the time, when I first went, I was more like an attacking player and then Kevin Thompson got injured. So I kind of got moved back into like a holding midfield and it was new to me. I didn't really know where I should be. And after a while, I eventually got the hang of it. But yeah, they, they didn't like me at first. But then eventually they saw what I was doing in the team and kind of warmed to me a bit. But even then, at the time, I had red boots, but it looked, they looked orange from the stand. So after every game, if I played good or bad, I would get a message on Twitter saying, Change your boots. They're
2: orange.
1: Oh jeez. <laughs> Even if I'd like gone out and scored a hat trick, whatever, I would still get a message like, "You need to change your boots. There's too much orange on them." So I got I got a lot of stick for that, and it got to a point where we had a sponsors' evening, like a ta- like a meal with the sponsors and everything, and then this group, this table, kept kind of like making sly comments to me when I was walking past, like about my boots, and I was just kind of joking it off, and then. I went back to him, I said, like, if you don't want me wearing those boots, then you can buy me a new pair. And they did. <laughs> they bought me, uh, they said, yeah, you pick whatever pair you want, and we'll buy them, as long as you stop wearing those red ones. So, yeah, they bought me a new pair and I just had to throw the red ones away. <laughs> was, what colour and What did, colour were the new ones? They were yellow. So. Oh, geez, right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't allowed to wear the red ones again, Jeez. they said you got to wear these now and then just i just just given back to them at the end of the season and yeah it was at first I thought it was just a joke but it's so serious there and yeah, the passion of both
0: supporters is is special Well I was going to ask you what's the the differences between a Dundee derby and a a Highland derby but I suppose there's one I mean I'm aye I, I mean it's almost verging on kind of Ranger Celtic territory isn't it where you know you're not allowed to wear green or blue and I know myself, I I, never never, liked Wrigley anyway, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I never thought of it, like, it would be that serious, but... Because, like, I would say Cali County is more of a friendly derby. It's not... Obviously, the fans are passionate about that game, and it's not going to be as big as... Just because the cities are smaller, like, as big as Dundee or, yeah, like, the old firm. So, you never really know what the other derbies are like but yeah playing those games were so special and like the week building up to it you've got so much press to do and you've got Sky coming you got all of different things going on it's such like a big event it's almost like a final mm-hmm. every time you you play each other it's like more media coverage more like, like training is more serious you got fans like maybe seeing you in the shop or saying like telling you like you can't lose this weekend we need to United you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's definitely more serious down there. And the old firm will be ten times that. So I can only imagine what it's like playing that
0: game. Now you, you leave Dundee, and you mentioned it there. And it's funny I've I've written down my notes because I remember speaking to you a couple of years ago, and you, you indicated to to me then that you you know you always want to to go and play abroad and or, or go and play elsewhere, and, and you you certainly mentioned that already in the in the podcast. Your next stop. Is uh, to Romania. now? I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but you play for oh, a team. Go for it. You t- play for a team called Sepsi Sfantu Georgie. <laughs> is that right? You're almost there. Aye. Uh, the team was called Sepsi,
1: yeah, and it was in a town. I don't recall it, city. It was a town called Sfantu Georgi.
2: Okay.
0: So you're not bad. Okay, okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. I've only been to Romania once. Was when uh, Callie Thistle played. Astra Gyrgyu, um in 2015, um, never really experienced much of Romania other than two days we were there, but on the whole Bucharest was a, a fairly nice experience. How was uh, Romania for you?
1: It is, it's a nice country, yeah. Bucharest especially is a beautiful place and if anybody wants a cheap holiday, go to Romania, it's, it's a nice place nice buildings and there's a beach on one side and there's a mountain range I stayed like 30 minutes away from a kind of like a ski resort kind of place and yeah it's a really nice place there is obviously the other side to it with like gypsies and things like that and I did see that first hand that was a bit eye opening as well but overall it was the team I was at was fairly small so um, yeah it a Experience in itself, some of the stuff we did training-wise and travel-wise. Because when I signed, the stadium at our home place wasn't fit for a league game, so we were driving two hours to play in another city for a home game. So we had that going on at the start, and then yeah, just I think overall, like the standard was good. Um, Some really good players in that league, technically probably better than the Scottish League and it was just yeah, it was a good experience I'm, I'm glad I did it in the end it was unexpected I would never have thought I'd be playing in Romania but just the way it worked out I remember my agent at the time he sent me a like a screenshot and had Romanian flag beside it and I thought it was a Belgium flag <laughs> cause it, quite similar because Belgium was like black is it black, red, yellow? Yep, something like that. Yep. And Romania's the same, but it's blue instead of black. Yep. So I thought it was just a bad screenshot. And it was Belgium. I thought, oh yeah, I'd love to go to Belgium. And he said to me, no, it was Romania. I thought, I don't know about that. I need to <laughs> have a
2: look at this. But then, yeah, I spoke to Gregory Taddy. Yep, I spoke okay. I to him a few times, and
1: he'd played at a few big clubs out there, and he just probably...
0: That's right, because um, Gregory Taddy... Uh, I'm sure visited the 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 Cali Thistle team hotel uh, the night that uh, the night before the 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 Europa League tie. I'm sure he's was good friends oh, right. with Greg Tanzi, I think I'm sure I'm sure. Probably yeah yeah yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, right enough. Greg Atari was out there, that's right.
1: Yeah, so he played at some big teams there, and he just said if you go over, it's not going to be like Scotland. It's going to be tough, but if you do well, you can make a lot of money and play for the big teams out there. Which Yeah, there are some really big teams there. So yeah, I thought, why not? I'll take a chance, and yeah, I don't regret going. I wish I'd played more, obviously, but I met a lot of good people, and some of the experiences were, yeah, something I'll never forget. Like training in six-inch deep snow, just you can't even see your feet. You're just running and doing normal training, and that that was like that was my first day. You trained it was really bad snow at the time I thought are we going to be inside i don't, not seen an astral or indoor arena or anything and we went out and we did like boxes like f- possession like 5 and 2 are in the middle you just keep it off the 2 in the middle and we did it in the snow and the ball wasn't allowed to touch the ground because the ball wouldn't roll <laughs> so that was different the and then they'd shoveled a square and we were doing crossing and finishing and you just kick from the square and then yeah cross the bond the boys were running in the snow jeez I thought what am I doing here
0: (laughs) that was your first session
1: (laughs) yeah and then some of the boys were just training normal as if it was nothing I thought how are they so good at this and then like we'd play another like the next day we'd train again and we'd train twice so in the morning we'd just do like a gym workout and in the afternoon we'd just be running but it was so deep the snow you couldn't see your feet when you were putting them down and there we'd just run for like 30-40 minutes, and that it was yeah that was unbelievable at the time. I thought if this was back home, even just a tiny wee bit of snow, yep, and boys would be complaining that we should be indoors or we should be off or something. But it was just nothing to these boys.
0: You're probably thinking, take me back to Fort George. I'll take Fort George <laughs> any day of the week.
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had some bad days out there. <laughs> I don't miss the wind out there, do I?
0: no no that's uh, that's a, a climate zone and it's uh, in its own uh, to take it back up to current day you're um you you last year you spent um a season or oh, you're currently with uh, locomotive el paso um we, we we touched on it at the start there um that you you're with them um they're in the western conference uh, which you made yes. the final last year as well uh, before getting beat by real monarchs um What's the standard like over there? How, I mean, how, do, how is it comparable with, um, with Scottish football?
1: It's hard to... I think it varies quite a lot. You've got some good teams. You've got, like, Phoenix, who Drombo played for only a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He owns that team, and mm-hmm. they're, they're a big team. They won. they won, it was 19 games, I think? They won in a row. So they're yeah, a very good team and then you've got teams near the bottom who are like kind of second teams for the bigger MLS teams so you've got like LA Galaxy Reserve team Portland Reserve Seattle Reserve just different kind of feeder teams so you could go from playing Tunics who have a big fan base and are a big team and a lot of good players to playing like one of these second teams and you're playing in like an empty stadium and you're playing against kids basically so it's yeah it's a big kind of a big variation but I would say overall it's more
2: kind of championship in Scotland maybe lower Premier League Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. I think definitely there's some players here who could easily play championship lower Premier League in Scotland so yeah it's, it's quite varied I think there's a lot of like kind of athletes like really big strong boys Americans mainly who are played in college, maybe did like some kind of athletics or something and just got into football late on and you can be a bit raw but physically it's it's quite demanding here and you've got the heat as well which is a killer because you're playing in like last year we were playing home games and it was 38, 40 degrees, even at <laughs> like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night and it just takes it out of you so much.
0: We well, are factor, uh, factor 50 on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm just drinking bottles of that. <laughs> Hopefully that will <laughs> sort me out. But the, you um... go other places and it's like it's really humid. And then you don't realise how bad that affects you as well. And yeah, it's, it's tough. But overall, I'd say yeah, a good standard. We've got some really good players on our team. And the way we like to play is very unique to the league. And kind of similar to what Yogi was doing at Inverness. mm mm-hmm. In terms of like total football, that's that's what we are, we don't kick the ball long at all, we have a style and we stick to it, so for me it's perfect because that's the way I've always wanted to play football and to be like an important part of that in a, a good team is yeah, it's good for me and I'm, I'm really liking it out here.
0: I noticed from the, the, the squad uh, list online there's a, a real mix of nationalities as well, Richie Ryan, some Dundee United fans might remember him from a few years ago, who played for United. Um, but um, there's a real mix of of characters and nationalities in that, that squad as well. By the looks of things,
1: definitely, yeah, uh, yeah. Richie, me and Richie get on really well. He's um, he's a great player. He's someone who maybe wasn't appreciated in like, in Ireland and Scotland, and he's come out here and he's made a really good career. He's- played at some big teams so yeah we're lucky to have him and we've got a few boys from England Canada Mexico um, Belgium Greece it's just yeah, <laughs> from all over the world basically but you're only allowed to have seven foreign players so there is a limit and that's that's why it's so hard to get here because unless you're a citizen you obviously count as a foreign player yeah each club gets seven spots or so they have to make sure that you're the right person for that spot i had so many messages from boys i played with or just random people saying oh can you get me to America like, I really want to play there <laughs> but <laughs> it's not easy like it took me I tried when I left Dundee and it was tough and then when I left Romania I got rid of my agent at the time and just to became my own agent and just I was emailing every club in America in our league and MLS every team in Denmark Sweden Norway like just random places like that just it's amazing what you can get hold of on the internet all these email addresses and phone numbers and all that so (laughs) I was just yeah just doing all that and grafting myself and eventually got the opportunity because we've got an English manager so he Mm -hmm kind of knew a bit about me and watched some videos and I spoke to him a few times and yeah similar to when I spoke to Hartley I just thought this is this is right, yep. the way he's talking is exactly what I want at this time in my career so yeah I'm fortunate to be here and I tell you it's not easy to get here but when it, you are here it is enjoyable and a lot of travelling but you get to see a lot, of, a lot of the country which is nice as well.
0: Yeah, because that's—I uh, mean—one of the perks is—I mean—you mentioned at the start there, California. Um, you know, you're obviously seen a bit of the about the states as well, which is uh, is something that most of uh, most of us will be envious of.
1: Yeah, we played yeah California, played Vegas away last year. That was <laughs> surreal that game. So at halftime, they had a crash drop. So they had a helicopter on the pitch. <laughs> and a guy in a briefcase dropped 10 grand onto the pitch and they'd selected you had to enter a competition or whatever and selected fans to be on the pitch and they were grabbing all the notes. it was just, I didn't see it because I was inside but the boys who were on the bench were out warming up and they were involved as well, they were running around picking up all the dollars and then one of the boys, the striker he got like, it was $20 and he had it stuffed in his sock and he came on and scored two
2: <laughs> with
1: Brilliant. like $20 stuffed in the stock. It was just, yeah, such a strange place. And their mascot is a llama, like a live llama. So when you come out every game, you have to do the national anthem. And we were standing, and in the middle, there's just this llama walking about with like a scarf on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
1: just so strange, that place. And, and they you thought Armenia was yeah, weird. Yeah, I know. I thought that was strange coming here and they had like paddling pools along the side of the pitch and families could rent them out and watch the game from there it was, and they had a DJ playing pretty much the whole game he was talking during the game and playing like random music during the game it's, yeah it's just so different and that was an experience yeah um, that's kind of the game you look for when you're away in California when you're away in Vegas Played Portland, Seattle, and then like San Antonio, Austin, Oklahoma, Salt Lake City. So yeah, a lot of travelling, a lot of long days, a lot of hours in the airports, but you kind of know what you're getting into when you sign up for it. So Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. you
1: get to see a lot of the country and different climates, different different teams, different ways of playing. And I think that's what the game's all about, different styles. So yeah, it's a lot of travelling, but worth it.
0: And uh, just finally, Nick, what does the uh, what does the future hold for yourself? Um, potentially uh, a move back to Scotland. Would we see you in a Cali Thistle shirt once again, maybe? Oh,
1: you never know. You never say, never. Um, at the moment, I'm just really enjoying it out here. My contract's up at the end of the season. So is my visa, so... Uh, unless I sign again or sign somewhere else, then I'll, I'll have to come back. But... Yeah, at the moment I'm really, really settled here, whether I stay in El Paso again or another team in the league or whatever, it's, it's too early to tell at the moment, but no, I've really enjoyed it here and it is a lot different. Sometimes I do miss being at home and kind of like the atmosphere and like buzz from the games back home, you do kind of miss that out here and in a strange way you miss the abuse as well that you get from the fans (laughs) it's just it's not the same here it's kind of what you'd expect like when you see in movies or you see videos it's it's not abuse it's more just nice things they say about you and it's it's hard to adjust to that and it makes me miss sometimes being at home but overall I think I'm happy here and pretty settled so we'll see what the this season holds when we eventually get back to playing it. And if we do well, then I could end up here again next year, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's going well. And when it's like 30 degrees here and I phone home and it's snowing, and <laughs> that sort of <laughs> makes up for it. It doesn't make me miss home at all.
0: So if there is any Vegas fans listening, please, next time you see Nick, please call him Skeletor. Uh, make, him, make him feel <laughs> at home.
1: There was one, uh, we played you know, that Real Monarchs game in the final last year and I went to take a corner and the guy started shouting how small my feet were. <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing and then next corner, same guy, starts shouting
2: to the rest of our players saying, get this guy a gym membership. <laughs>
1: it was just so different. And then we, had a, we were defending a corner and I was on the post and our keeper like, had his hands in the air just shouting to organisers and the guy behind the goal was like hey keeper hands up if you suck
2: hands <laughs> up he if you suck there like, just
1: turned round like oh, I don't know what to say to that but if that was back in I know UK, UK it would just be I don't even want to think about what they would say to him
0: well the guy that the guy that, 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 that um, shouted hands up if you suck he would probably get chucked out <laughs> For, yeah, you know, he'd probably he'd probably get abused. Aye, ah, yeah, aye. I know he'd probably get abused for. Uh, <laughs> come on, you got to, you got to think of something a bit more or uh, stronger than that. Nick, um, thank you for your time. Um, I know that um, obviously it's a bit crazy at the moment with uh, lockdown and isolation and, and coronavirus, but it's been uh, an enjoyable an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, thanks for your time. Uh, yeah, and stay safe over there in the states, and uh, who knows? we we'll maybe uh, we'll maybe see you back over in Inverness uh, in the next uh couple years or so
2: yeah I'm sure you will stay safe